the economy continues to give the Biden administration and Democrats bad news. That money they take out of your check for Social Security is beginning to look more like a tax than something we're going to get back. And can't believe we heard this admission from Big Pharma. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. You know something? I got to tell you, Josie and I were watching the Dodger game yesterday. Dodgers are playing the Padres in the playoffs, and... I got to tell you something. There is one thing that is worse than listening to Josie whine because her Padres are losing. It's listening to her, listening to her scream and clap when the Padres are winning. I'm just like, gosh, you know, damn. It's Dodgers lost yesterday. Wasn't a very good game. Kershaw had a really crappy game. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw is a great pitcher for the regular season. He has always been kind of a a crappy uh, playoff pitcher. But, okay, they, they lost, so Dodgers still have two great picture, pitchers coming up, and I think uh, <laughs> Padres really don't have that much look to look forward to because their pitching gets really kind of thin after the first two pitchers. So, anyway, the only thing that was really entertaining about yesterday's game was the uh, goose that landed in the middle of the outfield, during the sixth inning, and then it wouldn't move. They finally had to have someone go out. The duck's fine. The goose is fine. It's nothing wrong with the goose. He just was tired and said, screw it. I'm going to land right here. It's on grass. The grass is really comfortable. And they tried to shoo him away, and he just wouldn't go. And they finally picked him up, and they walked him over, and he flew away. So (laughs) it it was actually... A real, we were laughing hysterically. It was, it was, it was something that broke the tension. Okay, well, let's get to our Kamala-ism of the day. And I don't want to say this is Kamala-ism because, honestly, we can't blame this on senility from Joe Biden. Because, here's the deal, he's just a flat-out liar. He has always been a liar. He always will be a liar. He was a liar when he was a senator. He was a liar when he was vice president. And he uses everything he can for political advantage. Now, this is about his son, who died in 2015. Yes, his son, again. All you hear about his son. I have never... My son died too, but you don't hear me talking about it every three minutes. This guy seems... Every time he's on the campaign trail, we got to hear about his son. Okay, so let's just listen to this, and let's see if you can spot where he's lying. Soldiers of campaign learned to scale rock, ski, and survive, preparing for the war they were about to fight. The pivotal moment came, as the senator pointed out, in February 1945. Surprise Allied attack in the mountains in Italy. Imagine, it's pitch black, punishing cold, the mission high in the mountains that hinged on the skill, strength, and stamina that could have only been gained in a place like this. They're more than ready. They were more than ready that day and since then. American soldiers in the 10th Mountain Division scaled that 1,800-foot cliff at night, caught the Germans by surprise, captured, captured key positions, and broke through the German defense line at a pivotal point in the war. Just imagine, I mean this sincerely, I say this as a father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, 
and the genuine sacrifice, genuine sacrifice they all made. The guy is just such a BS liar. I mean, there's just no way. Uh, this is a, a lot of people are calling this on the conservative side because the mainstream media is actually making excuses for him. We'll get into that in a second. He is stealing valor. Bo Biden did not die in Iraq. His son died of brain cancer in 2015 after we were out of Iraq. He wasn't in, he may have been in Iraq, but he didn't die in Iraq. He died in Maryland. Stolen valor, but anything to get a vote, anything to get some sympathy towards him. Listen, his sympathy comes from us conservatives in the fact that he's senile but he loses that sympathy when he starts stealing valor from real soldiers now i'm not saying that bo biden was not a real soldier he was but to sit back and make him into something he wasn't is despicable this guy uses his dead son as much as he uses a teleprompter he also said his son died of cancer because of the burn pits. And by the way, coincidentally, he was trying to pass a spending bill that would help soldiers. That part of the bill, part of the bill was to help soldiers who got um, uh, cancer and disease from burn pits. And what a burn pit is, it's you take equipment and you throw equipment in a pit. Then you start, set the equipment on fire. A lot of this stuff has uh, fumes that have carcinogens in them. And a lot of people end up with like lung cancer. Lots of different cancers. But he actually used his son that he got brain cancer because of burn pits. Again, made the, made the crap up. The Washington Post and New York Times, quote, fact checkers, end quote, continued to do a stellar job. They said that he was exaggerating, but not really lying. Awesome coverage. You know, if if Donald Trump said that Eric Trump was in war and got a Bronze Star and all this stuff, I guarantee you they would have no problems pointing out that Donald Trump is a liar and, and all of this. I, I guarantee it. By the way, I'm watching the January 6th commission today not really watching it. it's the only thing on and i just keep the tv on for backlight but talk about lying well i'm gonna call it joe biden was lying because joe biden is a liar and he's been a liar his entire political career and unlike what those idiots in the new mainstream media do where they sit there and say no nah, he's just exaggerating no he's lying because that's what he's always done lie We've got to call it what it is. Okay, well, up, up, and away. The consumer price index rose 8.2% between September 21 and September 2021 and September 2022. Yay! What does that mean? Well, from I, I'll give you the the I'll give you the solid statistical meaning of this, and then I'll I'll, I'll give you the meaning of it in plain English. So the month-to-month increase is 0.4%, which exceeded the analyst forecasts. That's bad. It means inflation is still going up. And 
it only is analyzing core, core inflation, which is food and energy. Okay, It's 0.6% up for everything else, which again is 0.4% higher than they thought it was going to be. Now, they're making this comparison because energy costs did go down, but that just means everything else went up. So energy, I think, went down 0.4%, but food went up 0.8%, and things like apartments went up 0.7%. So this is huge. So what does that mean? Inflation is getting worse. It's not getting better. We've already raised the interest rates. The Fed raised the interest rates to, um, what was it, to 3% now. I think it's 2.75%. And it looks like this month they're going to have to raise the interest rates another 0.75%, which, by the way, is the right call. You have to do that to slow down the economy a little bit. There are going to be bad things that happen. We'll get into that in a second. There are going to be really bad things that happen with that. And inflation is down from 9.1%, which was a while back. Okay. But still, it's hanging around 8.1 to 8.5%. Now, to give you an example of how heavy that is, the highest point of inflation during the Trump administration was 3%. So to sit back and say that inflation is really, and that's what Biden is trying to say, well, we had this from when Trump was in office. No, it was nowhere near that when Trump was in office. So that is, again, another lie by the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself. He's just looking for ways to get out of this and make this not look so bad. It, it is, though. Now, you're going to combine this, combine this report for the next quarterly and monthly GDP, and it is expected to be negative again. And they are talking about, and you combine that with the job report, which added 265,000 jobs and unemployment did go down from 3.8% to 3.5%. That's good. But they were expecting a lot more jobs to be created and it, and it didn't happen. And when I said created, I mean the market actually hires more people. 265,000 jobs is not great. That is actually not great at all. Even Joe Biden is now admitting, yeah, we're going to see, uh, we're going to be in a recession. Even Joe Biden, who said we're not in a recession, technically we are in a recession, uh, we're not in a recession, he automatically right now is admitting he has to. There's going to be no choice. The GDP numbers are going to be negative again. That'll be three quarters in a row where the GDP num numbers are regular, which means we're not actually creating anything. So, I don't know. They can't do it anymore. They, 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 can't, they can't hide this. They can't fake it anymore. They're going to have to admit it. And it comes a month before the midterms when gas prices are now rising again. We'll get to the gas prices in just a second. Because you can thank OPEC for that. Now listen, all of this stuff can be fixed. It goes against the Biden narrative. It goes against what the Biden administration wants to do. But it can all be fixed. How do we do this? Six things right off the bat you can do. Cut regulations. Let business businesses run. Let the free economy, let the capitalist economy do its thing. Okay? And stop putting pressure on our economy. Regulations are nothing but pressure on business. Business, if they have to do, uh, do a pirouette around these regulations, they 
they're spending more money trying to stay in regulations than they are trying to actually invent things. Start drilling for oil and natural, and natural gas in the United States. Not only do we have to do this because we have the natural gas and the oil, and much cleaner than Saudi Arabia, much cleaner than Venezuela, which is where he's now begging to get oil. But we can re, we need to refill the reserves, which are down 50%, because he's been exporting reserves to the freaking China and trying to lower gas prices. But we can be an exporter of oil and natural gas to Europe, which is, as we talked about last week, is struggling. Cut taxes. Give people more money. Let them spend the money they have. That will, and but more important than cutting individual taxes, cut corporate taxes. Cut it so that they have more money to innovate. They have more money to produce. And when it comes to taxes also, because we have unfair trade relationship with other countries, especially China, Put back in all of the tariffs that Trump set up. Those were working. I, I'm no tariff guy, but those were working. Set it up them. Even though China is having major problems right now because China is, is shutting down their economy because of COVID again. Cut this minimum wage crap. California wants to make the minimum wage $23 an hour. Get rid of the minimum wage. Let the private business determine the value of someone's work. They will pay them a fair wage. They don't have a choice. If they don't pay them a fair wage, they'll just walk. Let business determine wages. Finally, the two big things that need to be done in order to slow inflation, and these are not great ideas. This is going to hurt people. This is going to hurt the government. But the government, and, and, and by the way, this stuff was under the Trump administration too. Republicans and Democrats, they're both guilty of this. Stop spending money. That may mean you have to cut some programs. That may mean you can't give the handouts out there. You can't redistribute money. If you want to fix the economy, you're going to have to stop spending money. This trillion dollars here, I mean, Joe Biden has spent $6 trillion in a year and a half. Remember AOC said we need to spend, AOC and Bernie said we need to spend about $10 trillion a year to, to implement this Green New Deal crap? Well, Biden is pretty much doing that. Stop spending money. And finally, and this is going to be the hardest, the Fed is going to have to raise the interest rates, not to 3.3%, not to 3.75%, not to 3.5%. They're going to have to raise to stop inflation, to cut inflation, to stop people from spending money, which again, inflation is people have more money than products are available. That's what raises that's what raises prices. They're going to need to raise inflation, their interest rates to five to 10%. Now that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. There is, and there's nothing we can do about it. There is no soft landing here. We are going to feel the pain whether we like it or not. And by the way, we, we can't forget another problem we're having with our economy is we're looking at austerity. 
which means we are looking at people we owe money to running our, our economy. People like China. Um, we lowered a deficit. And we do that by stop spending money and paying the bills off. Just like your credit card. It's the same thing. There is no So there's no soft landing here. There's going to be pain. And it's going to come whether we like it or not. It, it's coming. They're already talking about it. There will be job loss. There will be a housing crash. And the housing market is already crashing. I mean, when you raise uh, the interest rates from 2% to 6%, people can't afford houses. People are not buying houses. People are, are not buying houses right now. House, housing prices are crashing as we speak. It's happening already. Smaller businesses, restaurants especially, are going to suffer. Or they'll just close altogether. And prices will continue to be high. High to the point that people are not going to spend their money to buy a certain product. That is what we need people to do. Stop buying. And that's the whole thing. And that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt business again. But in the long run, if we can settle all of this stuff. And by the way, I'm not making this up. This is Thomas Sowell. He's got a book, Basic Economics. It's a very long book, very boring, but it discusses all of this. And we need to take care of it or this is not going to go away. Now, has this happened before? Yeah, it happened in the 70s and 80s. You had horribly high inflation, exactly what we have now. We had a gas, we had a fuel shortage, exactly what we had now. All this under Carter, under the same stupid ass policies. And then Reagan took over and he did exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. Because that's basic economics. That's not me saying, hey, I've got all the solutions. This is from a guy who read basically an economics textbook. I think that is probably going to happen. I think when um, Democrats get rolled over in November, and I think they're going to get rolled over. I think they're probably going to lose both the Senate and the House. I think there's about a a 55% chance they get the Senate. They're definitely getting the House. Once they get rolled over in November, they may not have a choice. I think the Republican, the best thing the Republicans can do, put, because every time this happens, well, the Republicans don't offer solutions. Republicans can't offer solutions. They're not in power. You guys own the Senate, the House, and the presidency. What can we do here? I, there's nothing Republicans can do. And Republicans are just as bad, though. I, I personally think we need to get rid of a lot of Republicans in Congress, too. And it looks like looking at how many are retiring, that's going to happen. But Republicans should put in bill after bill after bill after bill if they take the House and Senate and they should force Democrats to either filibuster it or have President Biden veto. Okay, this next story here. 
You know, let's, let's face it, Social Security is just a tax now. According to Fox News, uh, Social Security benefits are set to rise by 8.7% in 2023, the biggest bump in four decades as stubbornly high inflation erodes the buying power of retired Americans, the Social Security Administration said on Thursday. The increase, known as a cost-of-living adjustment, is the biggest since 1981. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Does that sound familiar? When recipients saw an 11.2% jump, it will increase the average of monthly benefit by about 140. Okay, now here's my thing with Social Security. It's always been a scam. It's always it, it's just a legalized Ponzi scheme. That's all it is. One generation, the younger generation, always pays off the previous generation Social Security. There's no pot where all this money that you're putting into Social Security from your check goes waiting for you. No, you are paying your dad's and mother's social security. And that's kind of a problem. That's a big problem. You know why? Because we are having a a net negative population growth. So the baby boomers had a huge population and then Gen Z, Gen X had a smaller population. Gen, Gen Z had a smaller population. The millennials went smaller and then the tech generation smaller yet. We're just not having enough children to pay off Social Security. Heck, I, I, I'm pretty sure after all the secure, Social Security is finished with the, Gen Z, with the uh, baby boomers, I'm not going to see a dime. I'm 54 years old. I won't qualify for at least 11 years. The reality is it'll probably be later. They're talking about raising the retirement age to 67 or 69 simply because we need to pay in more. I say personally, my personal opinion, we scrap the system altogether. We just get rid of it and, and let, the per, let the private business actually handle that through things like 401ks and stuff like that. The government, let the private sector deal with things. The private sector knows how to deal with things because that's what they do, their business. But the, gov- the government sucks at everything. This is what I don't understand. As a matter of fact... I think I have videos on, I have a video, uh, four videos ago, on just that, where this newer generation is trusting the government too much, that they think the government does know what they're doing. They don't. The private sector does. Do you think Joe Biden knows anything? Okay. If it weren't for, if it weren't for, uh, if it weren't for the uh, Chinese and Hunter Biden, Joe Biden probably broke. Okay, this is this is an interesting story, and it's actually coming out. Um, so we talked about OPEC lowering uh, the production of oil by two million barrels a day, which basically screwed the Biden and Biden administration because gas prices are so high, and Biden wants to import the oil from Saudi Arabia to keep the gas prices lower than they were before. Now, granted, with Joe Biden's policies of not drilling in the United States. They're never going to get to where Trump had it at $2.30 a gallon. That's not going to happen. So the Democrats and old Joe are pissed. And they're thinking about how they're going to take out, uh, how they're going to take care of this with the Saudis. They're going to take it out on the Saudis. They're threatening to actually withhold military equipment from the Saudis if they don't produce the production of oil. If they don't, if they decrease the production of oil. 
Now, Ben Shapiro did point something out. I thought this was kind of interesting. Interesting. Military aid to the Saudis is allocated by Congress. So it is a law signed in by a president. So it is law. Now Biden is going to withhold aid. Listen to this. He's going to withhold aid unless the Saudis drill more? Does that kind of sound like a quid pro quo? You do, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Wasn't Trump impeached for a quid pro quo with Ukraine? Things that make you go, hmm. Well, the Saudis responded to this and it does not make the Biden administration look good. They said that Biden told them to hold their meeting in Saudi, told them in their meeting with Saudi Arabia back in August that uh, it would be great if they could just keep drilling up increase drilling, not lower it, until November. And then they could cut production. What happens in November? That's right, the elections. Joe Biden will do anything to keep his power, including hurting the citizens of the United States. He doesn't give a damn about us. Not at all. He just cares about keeping Congress so that he can push his crappy policies that will lead us down a deeper hole. This guy is a piece of crap, and I don't know how else to put it. All right, now this last story, I got to tell you, this story is absolutely incredible, and no one will hear about it because it came out of Europe, but it is pretty freaking incredible. So, Pfizer's president of international developed markets, her name is Janine Small, she was testifying before the U uh, European Union Parliament. She's being asked a very straightforward and important question by a Dutch representative, Rob Roos. Her answer should be on every news report in the United States, and it should be addressed by the Biden administration. Of course, you'll never hear it. Let's listen, because this is this is incredible. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. What an incredible incredible admission. So let me get this straight. They release, release a vaccine that wasn't tested to for the prevention or transmission of COVID. So that vaccine that I got, I got the vaccine, wasn't tested to see if it would actually stop the transmission of COVID, which by the way means it hasn't wasn't tested to see if it would actually prevent getting COVID. Can we assume then they didn't test for side effects? Can we assume they didn't test for prevention? 
Can we assume they didn't test to make sure the disease was less dangerous? Can we assume that they didn't test for any of this stuff? That maybe that crap that they stuck inside our bodies right now isn't what we think it is? For the last two years, those who have not gotten the shot have been shamed. You want to need a, need a reminder? Here's Keith Olbermann, who's completely irrelevant today. He got just got his, I don't know, 17th booster. And he this, listen to what he says about people who refuse to get vaxxed. This is an incredible statement. No wonder this guy's not on TV anymore. Time to stop coddling the people who won't get the shot. Booster shot. Mission accomplished. And it is. It is time to stop coddling them, the ones who won't get the damn shot already. And our first step, you and I, is symbols, the language we use. We call these people vaccine hesitant, vaccine skeptics, anti-vax. We say they're protesting mandates and passports. They're making a personal choice. They're waiting for more information. They're making a medical decision. Bullshit! They're afraid. They're afraid to get vaccinated. Stop feeding their egos about what they're doing. Stop legitimizing it. Vaccine hesitant? They're afraid. Vaccine skeptics? They're afraid. Anti-vax? They're afraid. They're protesting mandates and passports. They're afraid. They're making a personal choice. They're afraid. They're waiting for more information. Afraid. They're making a medical decision to be afraid. The snowflakes are afraid. Afraid of the vaccine. Afraid of being proved wrong. Afraid of doing what anybody else in the world tells them to do. Afraid of needles. So no more pleasant euphemisms about what's going on here, apart from the people who have legitimate medical complications about vaccines. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. We start by calling them what they are. They are all snowflakes and cowards and idiots and losers. And most importantly, they are afraid. That guy sounds pretty uh, hysterical, doesn't he? Here's here's the thing. He says that the people that don't want to get the vax are afraid. No, how about this? You're the coward. Because you are afraid of a little bug that doesn't seem to kill anybody. unless. And he's in good shape. He's in good shape. He doesn't need to worry about COVID. My 80-year-old dad, who is borderline diabetic is in great shape, had COVID for two days, 80. Two days he had it, and he was fine. And he had every comorbidity you could probably have, except uh, obesity. And he made it, and he never got the shot. And he never got the shot. I tell you, you know what? He's brave. He's not worried about death. I was worried about death enough that I got the shots. The first two. I, I won't get boosted. It's a waste of time now. Because I ended up with COVID anyway. It's not helping anything. But this is the kind of shaming that cowards like this do to people who just, hey, I want to make it, I want to see what's going on. And now we're finding out from Pfizer, 
You know how they're testing this vaccine? By giving it to us. Oh yeah, and making billions and billions of dollars on the vaccine. Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer made billions and billions of taxpayer dollars on this damn vaccine that apparently doesn't work. And here he is, shrieking and whining like a little Karen. What a garbage human being. Here's what we need to know about the vaccines before I'll take it. Here's what we do know. I'm sorry. Here's what we do know about the vaccines. We know they don't prevent you from getting COVID. We know they don't prevent you from spreading COVID. We know they have side effects like blood clots, myocarditis, and it can alter the reproductive system in both men and women. I know that for a fact. It happened with me. We don't, what we don't know is if it makes the virus less dangerous. When you sit back and, and you hear people, I caught COVID after five boosters and a, 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 five boosters. I caught COVID, but I'm so glad I got it because it, I, 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 I could have died. You don't know that. I'm pretty sure they didn't test for that either. And the other thing we don't know, what are the long-term side effects going to be? We have no idea. We also know, and of course, we also know that these guys made billions and billions and billions of dollars to spread this crap. So for me, it just makes Pfizer look like, yeah, we're trying to make some money. But you know something? We also know a couple of other things that, that was happening, that had to happen. We know that people have been censored for going against the narrative. That non-vaxxers or anti-vaxxers, whatever you want to call them, or vax hesitants or whatever you want to call them, they would say, I'm not getting the vax because it's not been tested. It, there's no studies on it. There's nothing on it. So they're being censored, kicked off of social media platforms, web pages closed, all sorts of fun things. We know that children are told they can't go to school unless they're vaxxed. We know that people have been kicked out of college because they weren't vaxxed. We know people have been fired for not being vaxxed. We, need, we know soldiers have been kicked out of the military because they didn't get vaxxed. We know that doctors, medical professionals, and first responders who were expected to work during the pandemic and were considered heroes are now being fired now that the pandemic is over because they refused to get vaxxed. We shut down the economy for a year and a half. You know, 15 days to slow the spread, now it's a year and a half. That doesn't include the fact that we've shut down the schools for two years and some schools still want to stay shut down because the teachers' unions want them closed. I think there needs to be an investigation. I think there need to be reparations. I think there needs to be an apology. And I think people need to go to jail for what they have done especially when it comes to big pharma and certain government officials who shall not go unnamed Tony Fauci. This is just, it's an incredible story. When, when I went on Twitter, when I heard this and I went on Twitter, I sent, well, I've, I've actually sent an email too. I, I told uh, uh, YouTube to restore all my videos that had medical misinformation because right now the conspiracy theory you thought I was promoting uh, 
apparently it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. And, and that's typically what happens with conspiracy theories. Um, they turn out sometimes to be true. Okay. I, I, that's, I, I'm sorry. That's just an incredible story. Okay, so go visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, also, uh, visit uh, Rumble. Take a look at some videos. I will be doing probably four to five videos this week, this weekend. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Go Dodgers. <laughs>